Welcome back to Cinemaholics. We have another bonus review for you this week as the holidays are coming upon us. We thought it would be great. You know, it's the holidays. We want to talk about movies that make you feel something, right? What about Existential Dread? That's right. We're talking about go. Swan Song, yeah. but not the one with Udo Kier. This is mm -hmm. the film directed by Benjamin Cleary, his directorial debut. Didn't he? He won an Oscar, right? For like a short film? He did. Yeah. yeah. He's in a bunch of short films. Um, I think... Uh, Back, uh, how long ago was it, too? I think it was it was Stutterer, right? I'm trying to remember what year that was. I don't actually know. I'm, uh, I'll admit I'm not as familiar with this guy's filmography compared to uh, Del Toro. I think it was, yeah. I, I'm trying to remember because, like, I don't remember the year, but I remember the Oscar ceremony. <laughs> like, I remember, I think it was like around the same time as I want to say Spotlight. So, like, really? I guess that would be like 2015, mm -hmm. maybe? maybe. I don't know. I'd have to look at it, but anyway, I'll look. It we're up. talking about his first feature length film, okay. This one has Mahershala Ali starring. This is one of the first films like really starring Mahershala Ali like in a big way. Like usually when we have him in these like awards heavy films, he's like a supporting actor, right? Like Green Book, he's kind of the clue lead, but you know, like uh, Moonlight, he's supporting in that. This one though, for sure, he is the lead. He carries this film, but it also stars Naomi Harris, Aquafina, Glenn Close, Adam Beach, Lee Shorten, uh, who's been a mutual Twitter follower of mine for a long time. Uh, so I always love seeing Lee, like uh, his, his career is just picking up and up. But uh, this is a movie that's going to be coming out on Apple TV Plus. Um, I actually, it might already be on Apple TV Plus, I think, as we're recording this. I think it hit like limited and Apple TV Plus at the same time. So you can check it out yes. both ways now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But this is a movie that uh, I didn't know anything about this going in, but I kind of got the vibe from it like immediately. I was like, oh, OK, this is lo-fi sci-fi, our favorite our favorite genre for, you know, I shouldn't say our, but I'd say it's it's one of my favorite genres that we don't get a lot of, but when we do, I'm always interested. So we're talking about films like Ex Machina. You know, we're talking about like a Black Mirror kind of vibe and feel. But Swan Song, um, and I said it right that time, not Swan Swung, that's what I want to say. Um, it stars Mahershala Ali as an artist in the near future, and he gets diagnosed with a terminal illness. But there maybe might be a way for him to sort of you know, not, not leave his family alone in a certain way. Now I, I hesitate here to give more away because I watched this movie knowing nothing about it. And it was actually really fun and exciting to experience this movie in that way, because I was like, what the heck is going on here for the first like 15 minutes of the movie. So I want to leave it here and then we'll explain it in a minute. But I want to say, if you want to preserve that experience for yourself, which I recommend, um, I think that's probably the better way to experience this movie then you may want to kind of click away, check out the movie, but uh, we will, we will get into a little bit more. I'm not going to give like spoilers for the movie or anything like that, but if that makes sense, uh, did, did you know anything about this movie going in well before you saw it? The only thing I knew about it besides it starred Mahershala Lee was that it was the other swan song, which I, I, I feel like the previous okay. swan song isn't that well known because uh, right. it's a, that was it, what, a South by Southwest yeah, release. It's and a, yeah, it kind of yeah. came out like as an indie, like not too long ago this year. Yeah, I mean, I guess technically for other people, that would be the other swan song. But for me, it's the this is the other swan song because uh, I it's, I saw that one first. Um, but I think both yeah. films should have different titles. That's my opinion. I think the previous swan song with Uda Creer, I think that title fits. This one, if I had to pick, yeah, I would give if, if like one of these gets swan song, the other gets a new one. I'd say I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what title would you give this movie though? Anything else? <laughs> like I would even even something like it, it, I don't know it. It's such a moody movie. You don't want to give it too sci-fi of a name because then I think that that'll be a little bit too like, you know, like you don't want to call it something like Latin, like, oh, ex machina, you know, like because it's not that far in sure. terms of or the like, tech. 
like duplicity or something like that. Like you don't want something too cheeky. There's already like, a movie called yeah. Duplicity. Well, I don't know how many times I have to. Tell. Sure, but that was like <laughs> ten no. years ago. Um, I think I think we even we we joked about this right. I was like, it takes two. Yes. You know I mean? Yeah, like, it takes two. Which there's a movie with that title as well with the uh, the Olsen twins. But... You could call it Epitaph. You know, like sure. I don't know something something a little bit more like when I hear Swan Song, I think of like really heavy like character drama, like Margot Martindale's in there somewhere. You know what I mean? Uh, this isn't that really yeah i mean i guess vaguely understand why it's called swan song because he's like an artist what if you didn't have to have a swan song sure i guess but he's like an artist and it's like this is his like last work of art in a way or whatever but, it but, swans, but that's more of music and that's i don't know sure uh, i mean it doesn't have to be exclusive to music but um yeah, I mean, I get what you mean. I, I yeah, well, you know what? Yeah, you, look, Benjamin Benjamin Cleary, he gets a name whenever he wants. It's his movie. He put the the blood, sweat, and tears into sure. it. So uh, I don't want to. Uh, it was called Stutterer, and it, it won in 2016 the Oscar to call it back. Oh, hey, there we go. Before, but yeah, sure. So we're gonna give away kind of what this movie is actually about right now. So this is your last warning. So this is, we got a big old clone movie on our hands. How about that? The idea is that. There in the near future, there's a way for you to like, even if you pass away your memories and it kind of like everything about you gets transplanted into a clone, not your consciousness, to be clear, you're not immortal. Like you're not going to like wake up in another body, but another body is going to wake up as you with the same memories. And there's this whole process of like how that transition happens. And that's what this movie is about. It's about literally Mahershali like facing himself the version of himself that gets to stay with his family and we learn over the course of the movie why he's willing to do something like this why he's pushed to the point where he just feels like he can't he he's it's too early for him to be gone his wife and son need him for reasons that the movie gives away uh, I think pretty gradually over the course of the film or at least like in the first or second act I think this is a very touching movie. It's very, you know, it's very interesting. There are some really great moments. I don't think everything about this quite really lands. Uh, there are some very uh, Oscar reel scenes here that I'm like, ooh, you're trying, you're really pushing it there. And I think there are some uh, performances here that I just didn't quite click with. Uh, I'm in agreement with uh, uh, Winley, who who wrote our review for for the young folks, and we agree that I think the weak link in this movie is probably Aquafina. I think that whenever she was on screen, there was just something kind of um, distant hmm. about that character that I just couldn't click with. But what do you think, Will Ashton? Did you did you like Swan's song? Are you singing its tune? Hmm. Uh, I didn't take issue with Aquafina's performance. I think I'm in that camp where I I prefer her dramatic performances more than her comedic ones at this point. I do too. I do too. I think Farewell is yeah. the best performance for a reason. Yeah, uh, for sure. But I, I mean, I get what you're saying though, because it's this one. It's kind of trying to split the difference a little bit. Like it's like kind of like dryly and darkly comedic, but not really. But it kind of is. Yeah, like for me, the illusion of the movie breaks whenever she's on screen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you're maybe a little bit more precious to the illusion of the film than I am. Um, to answer, Did you not really buy it? Like, it's not that in, I didn't... Were you not able to... It's not that I didn't buy it, but to me, like, I think I admire the ideas. Like, I really like the fact that we have a original high-concept sci-fi movie that's grounded in characters, and, you know, it's like, it's futuristic, but not overly so which tend to be my favorite type of sci-fi movies, movies that are more about like the cerebral as opposed to the the high tech and stuff like that. But there's something about this movie and I can't exactly put my finger on it, but it feels like a little too clean and a little too neat in a way that feels like I'm watching 
like a, an iPad commercial for 90 minutes. Not that it's like trying to sell an iPad, but it feels like it's a movie that's being made like an iPad commercial where everything's... Are you mentioning that because of the Apple connection? Uh, well, that's fitting, I guess. But I just, I don't know, I just felt like the production of it had this sort of sleekness that worked against the film. Uh, and I can't figure out why, because it's not like it's a detriment to the film. But for some reason, that that prevented me from fully getting invested in it in a way that I felt uh, was ultimately to the film's detriment than to its benefit. I think I disagree because I think the I, th- I think it's a really interesting portrait of how technology is going to evolve you know, in the near future, this idea that like, and I think that it serves the themes of the movie in that way. I think if this movie was too close to the present and we didn't really have like this, like, for example, a self-driving car, the way we do, or like, it's like these little bits of tech that are a little bit like they're familiar, but they're certainly like, they're, they're certainly of a, you know, a piece with like what the future could look like without feeling like false, without feeling like, oh, that's what somebody in like 2021 thinks the future. It's more of like, oh, I could actually see that, you know, it's a little bit more out of the box in some respects. I think that serves the themes of the movie because you do have to buy something like this happening, but it it, it just seems, the rules of it seem so surreal. It's like, how could you possibly take the essence, the memories of a human being and effectively clone it in this way and have them interact like it's, it's such a futuristic thing but it's i think those pieces help us be like it's not that far from the future so i, I do think that the film can like manage that if that makes sense sure um but also i think this is a type of film maybe it's because it's because it's the director's first film i think a lot about the movies it's trying to mimic more than i think about what cleary is doing as a filmmaker so the concept because i didn't Okay. I, I did a little bit. Like I was thinking like, okay, Black Mirror. Okay. You know, but okay, I, I think over time, this movie kind of came into its own for me. Yeah, I guess. I mean, for me, I, I couldn't stop thinking about Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. Like it's not, uh, yeah. it's not like a memory white movie, but it has like a similar vibe and feel, especially given how much of a romance it is. Um, and uh, I also thought a lot because of the forest setting and like this kind of isolated character thing that the, there was a lot of um, ex machina in here for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, without giving away, there are a couple towards the end I was thinking of as well, but, um, yeah, I, I just think like it's a type of film where I'm curious to see where Cleary is going to go next as a filmmaker. I think he does a competent job and I, I really think it's as best as a showcase for Maharsha Ali because he's giving, you know, two performances for the price of one, which uh, you can complain about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's just not quite as distinct enough for me to, to value it as much as those two films that I mentioned. It, it feels like it's so, uh, emblematic of the other films that it doesn't feel wholly a piece of with itself, but it seems like you disagree with that. I do, because I think that what you're referring to there, like certainly the, the touches of it have those inspirations, but I don't think that they're the core focus. Like, I think that the whole idea of like the memory and the sappiness, I think it's, I think where it stands out is in its central question and how it executes its delivery of that question. The question here is like, what if, like, would you make the ultimate sacrifice to shield your family from trauma? You know, if you could make it so that, you know, your family doesn't have to grieve you, would you do it? And it's a philosophical question that I think the film effectively grapples with. And it does it in a way that I think is unique to this movie. I don't think, I think that undercurrent 
is original. I think that's where Cleary clearly had like the most fun and the most uh, thoughtful, you know, writing from his script that he paid. Like, if you think he paid the most attention to that aspect of the script, which for me is always something that I prioritize because you can have a movie that, yeah, sure, maybe it, it imitates some things a little bit too slavishly and we can all sort of have a laugh about that. But I think when it comes down to what this movie is actually saying and the originality, like, like you mentioned, like the fact that we have something this cerebral and adult with this kind of budget, it's, I, I think a wonderful thing because you can't really get that from four quadrant movies, right? You can't, you can't get this from like a Marvel movie. Like that's really gonna, like what, what happened when WandaVision tried to do a thing about grief? It just sort of like revolved, I know you didn't see it, but it just resolved into like a big old battle. You know, it, it didn't really like tackle the emotion and like the pain of these sorts of questions. And it's hard to do that, right? When, you know, it's not WandaVision's fault. It's just, it's just the, the matter of fact of like, when you make something that is supposed to be experienced by everybody, you kind of have that committee feel. Whereas this, I think it, it has its focus. It has its audience and mind and i I think that it it really kind of pulls it off uh most for the for the most part like i I really don't have a ton of complaints about it especially because we have a mahershala Ali performance that is as brilliant as ever i have no complaints about how he does it how he does in the film my only complaints with the cast is that i think glenn close and naomi harris as good as they are just aren't in it enough for me Uh, i don't think they get enough time in this movie to really kind of i don't know showcase their talent but you know it all in all it works for me yeah, I mean, I'll agree with Glenn Close. She's, um, you know, she doesn't get enough to do here, and I think she deserves better. But uh, I thought Naomi Harris was actually quite good. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, I would prefer if she was in it more because I think she's giving a really standout performance. But I didn't take any fault with what she was doing here. But yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree with what you're saying because obviously, I am thankful that we have a movie like this, um, even if it's going to be primarily seen on streaming. Uh, kind of similar to Finch, the other Apple TV movie plus movie that we talked about uh, a couple months back. Um, but yeah, I guess for me, I like I said before, it kind of feels like it's Kaufman light, uh, Charlie Kaufman light uh, in that. Like, I think it's tackling some very interesting, thoughtful things. I think the execution of it's pretty thoughtful, but I think the direction that it goes isn't that deep or profound. And I felt like maybe if it had maybe more of a sense of humor or maybe something that made it a little bit more distinct or a little bit more humane, it would have hit a little bit harder for me. There's just something about, like I said, that I think it's good. It's competent. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm thankful that we have a movie like this, but I just feel like it's maybe one or two notches away from being like a good to great film. Yeah. I can't say that I'm at the point where I would be like, this is a great film, but I do think it's a good one. And I do think that like anybody who checks it out, you know, I, I I haven't checked out the trailer yet, but I imagine it's like one of those movies that like kind of is really like the, the trailer probably pinpoints, you know, the audience for this. Like if you check it out, I think you get what you expect from this uh, for the most part. And it's not that I don't think Naomi Harris is good in the movie. I, I just what I'm saying is like there's just not enough. I, I think that they're oh, no, missing yeah. some some moments that really like fully like bring full dimension to her character there right. are times that it just it felt like the writing for her was a bit she's not a, one note but yeah. i don't know there's some missing stuff there for me i mean considering that she has like a you know a sparkling opening scene in the film it feels like the second half yeah. of the film is just kind of like concerned wife or concerned mother i guess uh as well it just kind of feels like the character grieving, yeah, yeah grieving well i mean soon to be grieving i guess or actually not grieving at all maybe she well she hopefully yeah, will never know she's already grieving somebody yeah from you know her brother right yeah oh yeah that's right yeah um but yeah i mean i thought you meant like grieving maharsha leave when i guess hopefully she would never really know um mm-hmm. but um yeah uh i yeah i guess for me uh kind of similar to what you said like 
if I was talking to somebody and they're like, oh, we don't get like, you know, like stripped down, just like intellectual movies anymore. You know, it's like all these kind of like bombastic studio blockbusters and stuff. I would recommend this film. I think it's pretty easy to recommend in that respect. I just kind of wish it was a little bit more memorable to warrant being more effusive in my praise. I think it's a solid film. I think it works because Marshall Lee, but um, I, I also at the same time have not been really thinking about it much. It's the type of film like until you bring it up like, hey, we're going to review Swan Song. I'm like, oh, yeah, like Swan Song. That's a movie I saw a couple weeks ago. It's not a film that's been wrestling in my mind, but it sounds like it's been it was a little bit more of a rich experience for you, which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, just not that rich. I, th I think I'm always a sucker for sci-fi films that are character focused, and I don't think we get enough of them. I think sometimes people just assume that, you know, that's not really what sci-fi is for. Like there, there's like the whole school of sci-fi where it's like, it's all about the spectacle. It's like, okay, Star Wars, Star Trek, whatever. But no, I mean, I think that sci-fi, like really when put to the test is about people and it's about how people react and respond to just the unpredictability and evolution of technology. Like, there's this feeling of being like overwhelmed by possibility, you know, whereas like in your lifetime, can you imagine something like this existing? And just, I love when a movie just has that thought experiment, like let's just put characters who are so stunning and, and so, you know, memorable and put them in this like just environment where it's not wish fulfillment necessarily, but it is sort of like, what if, you know, and just, it, it's very elegantly written in that regard. Um, despite, yeah, I, I can definitely, definitely see where some people might fall a little bit short of this one emotionally and, and really just, you know, clicking with, you know, the whole, the whole, where this movie goes of it all and some of the characters for sure. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's very, it's a harmless film in a lot of ways. I think you get out of it more than anything it might possibly detract. Yeah, I guess, I guess I just wanted something a little bit more, but I'm thankful we have it. There are a couple other things that I think uh, we didn't mention yet that I would like to praise, like the score. Uh, I think it was Jane yeah. Wadley. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name correctly, but it's like a, you know, kind of like a nice moody, mournful sort of like string piano score that's, you know, not like the most original for a film like this, but I think it's pretty effective as far as like getting you emotionally involved. Um I, I, I was surprised because the uh, yeah. cinematography is by Masanobu Takeagi, and I, I was not expecting that. This is not the, a movie even close, similar to some, some of his more high-profile films like Hostels, yeah. and I guess Hostels isn't that. I was going to say, um, yeah, yeah, I get you. Mean but that. he did like Silver Linings Playbook, yeah. right, in the gray mm -hmm. and Warrior? I think so, yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and I, I, I while I don't like love the look of it, I think it's very well-made and well-shot uh, cinematography, and I think it looks nice. I also really like the, as you mentioned, sort of like, stripped down production look of it where it's like it's obviously futuristic but it's not like showy it's just it feels a lot more uh believable and grounded in a way like you could believe that world like this would exist uh 20 or 40 years from now uh and yeah, yeah that stuff like you know I, that stuff really works for me i think it's it's a good way to get you invested in it in addition to the performances um and i think cleary has a interesting career ahead of him if he can continue making movies like this um but yeah i mean it's you know not a movie I loved per se. Uh, I feel like it's missing maybe one or two things to make it uh, a little bit more uh, dynamic or unique, but it's uh, certainly one that is easy to celebrate all the same. Sure, sure. Yeah, you can definitely. There, there were some. There were some moments in here where I was like, "Yeah, I know. I know where this was shot, Vancouver." <laughs> also, I looked oh, it yeah. up, and uh, yeah, Takanagi also did the cinematography for Spotlight. So look at that. Huh. We uh, we accidentally. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think I guess it sounds to me for you, Will, that, that this movie you were Glenn close to liking it more 
right? But I there were just the some film. things that were a bit too Aquafina for you. Yeah, I um, mean, I like the film. Like, I'll leave it at that. Sure, I, I get what you're doing. <laughs> um, I like the film. I think it's like if we're not doing ratings anymore, but like if for me, it's like a pretty easy like three out of five star film. Like I liked it. Clearly, you would give this a three out of five. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's it's an easy recommend. It's like a fine rental. Um, if you can see in theaters, I don't think it's uh, a bad way to see it. it. But given like how they're like a bombardment of movies in theaters right now, and also considering how dangerous it is for some folks to see movies in theaters right now, um, you know, I don't begrudge anyone for watching this on Apple TV Plus, and I think it's pretty accessible on there as well. Uh, but it's a type of film that I'm hoping it's more like, all right, this is a pretty good debut, but the next film is going to be like outstanding. Like that's my hope. Sure. For Benjamin Cleary, I think he has the talent and potential. I just don't think this first film quite reaches the heights of uh, that said potential. Sure, and I literally I just looked it up to see like how many theaters is this even playing in in the Bay Area, right? A pretty big market, and two theaters in the entire Bay Area that I'm seeing um, right now. So, yeah, to, to your point, I, I don't think that this is this is definitely a uh, walk, don't sprint sure. kind of uh, theatrical this experience. Is, I would argue too. Yeah, especially if you already have Disney Plus or apple tv plus i haven't looked it up but i don't think it's playing in theaters near me which makes me even more surprised i had the uh an advanced screening for it um like and i also was the only critic in the theater it was really weird like i i don't think i've ever gone to advanced screening and been the only critic it made me feel very uh very official um that happened to me for, that happened to me recently i don't remember what movie it was though uh, but it, yeah it was it was a long, it was around this time i think i saw something and there was nobody else there uh, so it's very strange yeah, I mean, there was like, you know, the rep was there and like the security people were there. But as far as like the critics, it was just me. It, it was a it was a bizarre experience in that respect. But uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm glad that I got to see in theaters. I, I feel like I might be one of like literally five uh, Pittsburgh people that got to see in theaters. Um, but, you know, I'm thankful for that opportunity all the same. All right. Sounds good. All right. Let's play the Rotten Tomatoes game. Will Ashton on Rotten Tomatoes, 65 critics have logged Swan Song. I'm not one of them. I didn't do a review for Swan Song, but mm-hmm. you could still you could still make a guess, right? And, sure. and just for warning, there is no audience score for this. There's no cinema score, mm. so we're just gonna do the critic score. How sad is that? <laughs> I guess you're right. It doesn't really matter. Um, um, <laughs> I mean, there'll probably be an audience score later. Yeah, um, it's just not. I don't. I don't think enough people have seen it. It has yeah. 50 plus ratings on audience score, but nothing has been yeah pushed out. Right. Um. I remember, I think I quickly glanced at the Rotten Tomatoes score when I saw the film. But as we mentioned before, that was a couple weeks ago. So uh, it may have fluctuated. So uh, I think at the time it was like a 92%. But my gut says it's probably like an 85% right now. Really? That's surprising. It's at 77%. Oh, wow. Okay. I saw the score a couple weeks ago. I never saw this at 90%. I saw it at uh, 64%. Really? Wow. A while ago. Yeah, it's mm. gone up. Um, I saw it and I was just like, this was after I saw the movie and I was like, wow, people are really mixed on this movie, surprisingly. Mm. And I found that kind of strange because I really enjoyed it. I thought it was quite good and I was uh, yeah, a little confused. Mm. But uh, yeah, maybe 77%. Uh, maybe I'm just thinking of something else or maybe the other Swan Song has 90%. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I thought I saw 90 something for it, but I don't know. Maybe I was mistaken. But uh, yeah, I was not quite on the mark with that one either. What was it uh, 77%? 77 percent and that you know that's fine who cares you you get them right so often you know we got to keep it well, interesting you know it there is something fitting about the you know two numbers being exactly the same seven seven you know duality yeah. all that etc 
Nice. Yeah. Yes. But it's also like not the, the number for a man, you know, like human, like six, six, it's a uh, seven, seven. So it's sure. stretching above. Yeah. We're really stretching that, but I mean, I <laughs> yeah. like it. I like it. Uh, hopefully, uh, we, we have other reviews we want to get to. Uh, I'm not sure we'll get to these before the holiday. Probably not. But for our next episode, we want to talk, of course, about The Matrix Resurrections. That's the next big movie coming out. But also, The King's Man, Sing to Licorice Pizza. Uh, I finally saw The Lost Daughter, which is uh, coming to Netflix soon. is in limited release. Uh, I, I don't think I'll be getting to a journal for Jordan. But, Will, I know you want to check out The Tragedy of Macbeth very soon. Of course, yes. Parallel Mothers is coming out. Yes. I mean... In, it's a spoil of riches if you're a fan of movies these days. Yeah. Um, and who could forget American Underdog and the Tender Bar? <laughs> yes. I'm seeing a Tender Bar today, hopefully. And I'm, I'm hoping that it is better than I'm expecting because I really just, I have barely heard anything about this movie and that I concerns have, me. But, you know. I have heard that Ben Affleck is very good in the film. I heard he's in it. I've heard nothing else. Um, but yeah, uh, ho- hopefully we're going to have a great conversation about. All these films, maybe more, maybe less in the coming future. But with that, I guess we could just uh, say goodbye. See you, Walashin. Sure. See you, John. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to subscribe to Cinemaholics on your favorite podcast app of choice or find us on YouTube. See you all next time.